0: Invest in yourself today with our Insider Pro product, which gives you the career path to reach the next step in your cybersecurity journey. Join today on Cybere.it using the discount code PODCAST. In this episode of the Cybere podcast, we sit down with David Meltzer, the CTO of Tripwire, and Tim Erland, the Vice President of Product Management and Strategy for Tripwire. Speaking with myself, Thomas Horlocker, the Head of Creative Services for Cybere, David and Tim give me their thoughts on the talent gap in the cybersecurity industry. Alright, we are here with another RSA podcast uh, with Cyber Today, I'm speaking with David Meltzer from Tripwire and Tim Erland from Tripwire. Thank you guys for sitting down with me. I appreciate it. Um, so We are speaking about the talent and skills gap in the industry. I uh, just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, thanks for having us today. You know, we
1: have over two million job openings in the uh, information security field, uh, and it's a really difficult challenge for people. We actually recently did a survey, uh, and Tim was quoted in that survey talking about some of the challenges that uh, employees are having. Do you want to talk about that one, Tim?
2: Yeah, I'm happy to. So uh, it's actually a, a similar survey to one we did last year, so we can get a little bit of trending data. Uh, but not surprisingly, we found that that from those respondents, their perception of uh, the skills gap or the talent shortage in, in cybersecurity is that it's getting worse, that mm-hmm. it's going to continue getting worse. Um, I think the you know eighty three percent of them uh, said that it's harder to hire and retain folks uh, now than it was last year. Uh, and so we definitely see that in our customer base in addition to the the actual survey respondents.
0: Yeah, and um, I'm wondering if are you seeing with now with the hiring gap and everything kind of widening, are you seeing a trend of more people trying to bring in lower level people and then skill them up? To kind of make them maybe fit a role that you're looking for, or is it still just you're looking for that perfect person that's going to automatically fit your role and you can just roll them right into the, you know your team?
2: Yeah, anecdotally, I generally hear the complaint that there there aren't enough uh, enough talented people to hire. Like they have mm. trouble finding qualified candidates. Um, I haven't heard a lot of folks saying that they're they're changing those requirements and then trying to train people up. But I don't know, Dave, if you've seen other, well, other experiences.
1: One trend that I am seeing, and as I've been out talking to CISOs over the last year, is the requirements of the kind of people we're trying to hire is changing. I think those requirements are actually getting more complicated, as security gets more complicated. I think if you went back a couple of years, a lot of security had to do with like basic administration. People yeah. had a lot of products. They were very manual, intensive products. You needed a lot of people to do that. Now, CISOs are looking for people who can automate tools, who can do some scripting, maybe they know some Python. And so, as you raise those skill levels, it gets harder and harder to find that talent pool.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, with the you know the the rise of AI and machine learning, I mean, are you seeing that that is causing an issue with the talent gap? I mean, now. Uh, you can automate, you know, people out of jobs, but now you need more expert-level people who know what the automation is doing and actually how to secure it. So you're kind of raising the bar for the people that you need, even though you need less of them now.
2: And and some of those skills, uh, the higher-level skills, are harder to train for when you don't have access to those those tools and technology. Mm-hmm. So it, it it would be really hard to to step into cybersecurity. Uh, you know, with expertise in AI and machine learning, you know, for that industry, yeah. without ever gaining that experience in a, in a real-world scenario.
0: Yeah, without ever, you know, doing it or anything like that before. Um, I mean, are there kind of? Are you seeing any trends? Is there th- like small things that people can do or companies are starting to do that are starting to help with the gap that you're seeing? So uh, the two things that that we saw
2: in our survey that are driving um, improvements there are uh, programs around training and retention. So the goal being to you know skill up the people you have. Um, that's one option. And the other is outsourcing. So if you can outsource some of that uh, basic administration for the tools in place, you can save the people you have mm-hmm. for the more Uh, difficult, challenging problems within the organization. That also helps with retention.
1: Yeah, and I'm certainly seeing that trend around managed services growth as well. Uh, As you have multiple customers aggregating to that central point, you can get more efficient with how many people you need. So, as an industry, as we move to more managed services, we get more efficient with operating that and using the talent we do have across the industry.
0: Yeah. I mean, every now and then you hear the the horror story of, oh, well, you know, we're going to train, we're going to spend all this money training our employees, they're going to gain all these skills, and then they're going to leave and go somewhere else. I mean, is that something that you think is But what if you don't? I mean,
2: if you don't train them, they're going to leave and go somewhere else as well. Yeah. So, you're kind of stuck there.
0: Yeah. Or you're stuck with people who can't, <laughs> who aren't learning at all, and you know, they're just kind of stuck. Yeah, I mean,
1: just from, from my personal experience, having hired and, and having worked with a lot of people uh, at the kind of junior intern, first, first hire, first out of, hire out of college perspective, mm-hmm. you, know, you really you want them to do that. You want them to gain those skills, become more valuable. Uh, and people who are really aggressive about hiring early career people, college graduates, and at even our company, we have a whole program around early career leadership to try and bring those people in. Um, You know they they will spread uh, and you won't be able to keep them all and that's okay. What you really need to do is keep that funnel going. Mm -hmm. You need to keep hiring those people and then even move it back a step to the community and education and make sure as a security community we're supporting education and outreach and getting more people involved in the community.
0: Yeah, I mean that's something great that you guys are doing. I mean, I myself um, started at a you know a startup company and uh, was put on an engineering team. I had no engineering background or anything. I was just kind of the IT person and then. um, after we were acquired, I was actually an engineer and I just learned on the job from all the people that I worked with, and I was just given the time to learn everything, which you know, luckily I was given that chance, but not everybody kind of gets that. So it was just a great experience to be able to kind of be given that chance and be given the tools that I needed to learn instead of just being like, no, you can't do it like you're done.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the proud things that uh, I have at Tripwire is I have a small team of the office of the CTO, and over half the team started as interns for me, uh, oh. and the, including the engineering manager, the principal software engineers on those teams. So it, when you are able, you are able to bring people in early, it creates a really dynamic culture for the company as well. Uh, yeah, so it's great to have that talent.
0: Yeah, and then you, you've you've had people who've been there a long time, and you know you've invested in them, and you know it makes them more invested in the company, and makes you know it makes for a better work environment as well.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: Uh, I mean, as we go, I mean, is there anything that you've seen at the show or anything that uh, is exciting you about RSA that you've seen this year? Well,
2: I think um, I, there has, I have seen a trend around managed services, as we we're talking about. I think that's a, a growing area. More organizations are considering how they can, uh, you know, outsource or offload some of the, the uh, you know, burdens that they have now around the tools. Um, so they can they can help address that talent shortage. Other than that, I haven't seen, a, you know, the usual sort of, uh, technology trend or buzzword trend that, that sort of t- seems
1: to take over everybody's booth all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, I,
2: I haven't seen that this
1: year. Well, you know, the, the trend that has really been the undercurrent of this conference, at least in my conversations with a lot of people, has been the coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, not just you know, the conference and shaking hands and bumping fists, but also what will be the impact to our industry and mm-hmm. what should we be thinking about doing um, as the virus may propagate and as we have to deal with things like um, are we going to have to work from home more? Uh, are we not going to be able to travel as much as vendors, and how should we adjust to that in the industry?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Luckily, being in uh, tech, most people have the ability to kind of work from anywhere. So, working from home is something. Uh, one of our one of my colleagues was telling me today that um, Zoom had listed that they had sold more accounts just this year than they did all of 2019, just in the last two months. Probably because you know people are affecting be like, oh, I'm going to be able to work from home, something like that. Um,
2: But increasing the number of people you have working from home dramatically, especially if it's not already part of your your organization's culture, it changes the attack surface as well. So there are new risks that show up, uh, new concerns that you might have about you know, who has access to which devices and what they do with those devices. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there are some some changes for cybersecurity there to pay attention to.
0: Yeah, that's interesting to, th- yeah, to think that, yeah, not everybody's going to be now at your office on your network or, you know, under kind of your umbrella. They can be, you know, anywhere on their home and, you know, who knows what they're logging into and stuff like that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, any uh, closing thoughts or anything as uh, we go out as the end of RSA is coming up?
2: Uh, I think RSA should be a two day event. Uh, the third day feels like it's just a little bit too much. Maybe that's yeah. my closing thought.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think we could
2: get it done in two days. Uh,
1: I think this might be the last big conference that happens in San Francisco this year. Yeah,
0: yeah possibly. Could yeah. Be. <laughs> it <could laughs> yeah. It could, could be. be. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Thank you guys for taking the time. I appreciate it. Um, it's always good to talk to you, David. Um, so, uh, thanks. See you guys next time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, this is Thor. Thanks for listening to the Cyberry podcast and make sure to check back next Wednesday for our newest episode.